Hello again everyone, it is I the TRS-80, sentient computer. Get that finger out of your ear, you don't know where that finger has been. It's time for part 2 to shoot the glass with Jason and Will. Find out why this is said. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's really mean. What? Jesus, I've never, I've never heard you that mean before. Now it's time to find out with part 2 to shoot the glass. But yeah, I mean, so we have we have Bruce Willis who has no soul. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't know what happened to that dude. If anything actually happened, I think to me more is actually a succubus. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is like I you know just watching Die Hard, he has so much personality in that, so much inflection in his dialogue. He's having such a great time, and then I know it was his first big payday movie. But then you watch that Die Hard commercial, and he doesn't even sound like the same person. There's, no like, voice. no emotion to his voice. I just, I, you know, you know, listen, uh, uh, life is hard, and sometimes it takes it out of you. And why does Argyle and uh, Theo look older than Bruce Willis? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, maybe I mean, Argyle maybe. was much older than we thought he was when he made the movie possibly it's possible <laughs> i mean or bruce willis just could have you know really good doctors oh. although i mean thank he hasn't turned into mickey rourke yet but i'm i'm oh. expecting that shortly yeah i wonder if or it's Mick, one of those every deals. night bruce willis goes home and just puts in iced seagram's golden wine cooler on his eyes very he it's intravenous to his uh and he sleeps in a coffin, <laughs> oxygen tank or something. He sleeps in a bariatric or bariatric. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> he sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber. The thing is, it's keeping him alive, but his personality has faded away. That's well. I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, going back to the you know the deals with the devil at the crossroad, Robert Johnson style. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think there's a number of actors that I think that's what happens. Very, you know, very spawn like it's like you, you can stay alive and you can keep doing movies, but the older you get, the worse they'll be and the less you'll get paid, but you'll still be an actor. Yeah. I think if you're at the point where you just don't care, it's like, why are you even doing it? I mean, at this point, he's basically doing Golan and Globus films. Yeah. I've I know there's one that's on Netflix right now. I've seen several people talk about it that it's the worst effing movie they've ever seen. Like it's an action movie, but literally Bruce Willis is just standing there, like mumbling lines, and it's like, how much did he get paid for this shit? I would pay more for Bruce Willis to stand silently for two hours in the. Scottish Highlands as the backdrop than I would for any other movie. I would pay a hundred dollars. I'll say it right now. I would I would pay a hundred and fifty dollars just to have a screensaver on my LG OLED TV in 4K oh. of Bruce Willis standing in the Scottish Highlands for three hours and just run it over and over again just as a screensaver. <laughs> Um, the movie's called Hard Kill. <laughs> Hard Kill. Oh, God, that reminds me of, like, Mystery Science Theater 3000 with Space Mutiny. 
like beef hard chunk. <laughs> yeah, it's like so <laughs> generic. Guys, we got to come up with a name for this movie. You know, he's been in Die Hard. Um, he's been in Die Hard 2. The Last Boy Scout. Uh, yeah, oh, which I watched the other day, and it's still good, but oof, there's it does not hold up well. What else has he been in? Uh, Die Hard 3? Die Hard with a Vengeance? The Fifth Element? Die Hard 4.0? That last I mean, Die Hard was so bad. That was the beginning of the end for Bruce Willis. Well, wasn't that the Len Wiseman one? No, no, no. That was the fourth one. Oh, the God. fifth one was the one that was just... Well, you know what? I'm not going to blame Bruce Willis for that. I just think at this point, that's what happened. He worked with Len Wiseman. That's it. That movie's watchable, though. The fifth one is not. Listen, it can be watchable. It's the fact that he was in close personal contact with Len Wiseman. His recent movies, he did a movie called Acts of Violence with Cole was it Hauser. Direct- <laughs> was it directed by Len Wiseman? Uh, I don't think we've heard of the director. He did Extraction with Kellen Lutz. I mean, listen, okay, just to tie back to my Len Wiseman theory... Because I am evidence based. What happened to Kate? What what happened to Kate Beckinsale? Um, I'm sure she's still working. You know, Len Wiseman. Len That's Wiseman. It's all it all it comes back to Len Wiseman. What happened to the um the Swamp Thing TV show we were supposed to get? Ah, uh, one season it got canceled. Len Wiseman. Would really he had something to do with that? He was the executive producer. Oh, boom. What no. happened to Sleepy Hollow, which was once a very good show? Yeah, that kind of went downhill. I wonder ben why. Weisman. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's been <laughs> really hard not talking to you every week when I watch an episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can we just hold on a second? Oh, my God. What? Like this season? I mean, the, granted, the first season of The Mandalorian, that was so satisfying. Yeah. But then this season we go full Dave Filoni balls to the wall, like <laughs> legends, canon, oh. freaking awesome sauce. Did you ever think you would see a crate dragon on screen? No, me neither. The moment it started, I was okay. So it threw me at first because I was like, crate dragons don't bury, you know, burrow under the ground. Right. At least they didn't in Star Wars Galaxies, and for me, yeah. that's canon. Apparently, they do written somewhere, but we just didn't know that. <laughs> Good to know. Um, but then to have Timothy Oliphant, mm, yeah. and I mean, it was just such a beautiful episode, like a very um, hang 'em high. It was Jaws crossed with a western. Yeah, it was so great. And, you know, just to see the Jawas working together. The the sand people talking sand. and communicating. Oh, yeah, it was the sand people, not the Jawas. Sorry, my slip up. Uh, yeah, the sand people working together with, with humans. Yeah, it was such a great episode. And, and then, oh, man. what else was there? What else was a- really good this season? Oh, they resurrected the one character that was absolutely terrible in one of the most horrendous episodes of the first season. Well, not resurrected, but brought back Bill Burr, who was really good in that episode. Oh, yeah, he was. He was 
done well. Uh, and I was going to say the crate pearl was the. Oh my the, god! Oh man, God, that was beautiful. The was moment, like, the moment that 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 crate pearl was held up, I was just flashing back. It was like I just remember going out, and, and it was just me and you, and there was no way in hell. We were going to take down a crate, at least an actual crate dragon by ourselves. <laughs> juniors, we had, we had, juniors were no problem. A little hard, but we were fine with it. Mm. But then, like, because there was always a chance we were going to get a crate pearl. Yeah. And I remember at that point in time, you were really big on getting a crate pearl, crate pearl for your. Um, oh, those crate tissues. Oh yeah, but you were, you, we were the whole reason we were doing it was so that you could get like a certain modified DL44 from <laughs> yeah. our yes. like we wanted like souped up guns. The Antarian Rangers needed souped up guns. <laughs> so 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 we went out into we hopped shuttles because that was a thing. You know, they didn't have show they didn't take a shuttle to basically Crate Canyon. They didn't have any people that were like smart enough to build right outside the can- canyon. Yeah, that wasn't until much later and then it oh. was super easy to go there. Oh yeah, the first time we went out there it took like what? Like two hours? You would just be walking forever. It was like a whole line of us because that was before they even had speeder bikes. Yeah, they they yeah, there was no transportation except walking early on in the game. And then we eventually got speeder bikes, which was awesome. But then that, that episode felt like Dave Filoni has played Star Wars Galaxies. Absolutely. And uh, it has to be. It has to be. It's so amazing, the things they've done in there. Just episode to episode, you see something new. I loved the spiders in that episode. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. The... um. The fact that we get to see different aliens that we've never seen. The frog lady. <laughs> and just oh, my this- God. The frog lady. All I wanted was a green milk from a fish nun. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, first we get to see Bo-Katan. Yes. Just in, in, in one of one of our mutual crushes, uh, Katie Sackoff. Yeah, uh, showing showing up again. It's so cool that she did the voice in the Clone Wars and then got to play it on the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just you know it it's really special when you know, and I never thought anything like this would come from John Favreau, and that's you know I yeah. still have a certain amount of um, hesitancy when it comes to John Favreau because quite frankly, I've never really been a fan of John Favreau. Yeah, yeah, like Cowboys. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when he's by himself, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's got ideas. He's got some ideas. I mean, do we need to go back to Cowboys and Aliens? He got the MCU rolling, you know? He's a he, good idea man. He is a good idea man, but he needs somebody holding his hand. Well, there's like that latest there. They've released the new uh, making of Mandalorian season two. Oh, thank God. I've been dying to watch that. And he's like, I want the Mando to say McClunky. And Dave Filoni's like, no, no, no. And he's like, no, no, it'll be great. And he's like, no, 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 no. no. Maybe it's because he has Dave Filoni there, like telling him no on some things. (laughs) Thank God. That's what that's what Dave Filoni needed. Yeah. Dave Filoni needed somebody that could get shit done in the realm of 
production and filmmaking. Two minds, uh, two guys who can get things done together. They can bounce ideas off each other and come up with some great stuff, you know? Like, like, freaking, uh, Ditko and, uh, Kirby. oh my God. Yeah. Just. Now, let me ask you that final episode. Did you know that was going to happen or would you? No! Neither did I. I had no freaking idea. I don't. The fact that that stayed off of social media is mind blowing to me. Yeah. The, I mean, it's all over it now, but people waited. They waited 24 hours, you know. I think they waited even longer than that because I didn't watch it until like Saturday night. Ooh, okay. That's good. And I didn't, and I didn't see anything. So I, I mean, the fact honestly... that there were posts about like major, major surprise Mandalorian season finale. I was like, I don't know, Thrawn, you know, they, that, that was the teaser. I was like, thinking, Oh, Thrawn? Ah- Ahsoka changed her mind. She showed up, but I was like, wait, she doesn't fly an X wing that I know of. Yeah, so then whenever I saw the X-Wing, I was like, oh. And then when I saw the green lightsaber. I was in denial until I saw the green lightsaber. The green lightsaber just like, the moment I saw the green lightsaber, my heart hurt because I wanted to go back to Ohio and get my my Luke Sideshow collectible green lightsaber. Oh, I left I, almost everything back in Ohio. I think my mouth was open. And I was like this. Oh, and I was just like soaking it all in. Like, am I really seeing what I'm seeing right now? The only thing that bothered me was that I wish they had actually used Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. <laughs> I it definitely was something that I appreciated when it happened. And then afterwards, I was like could have done this because it was not perfect by any means but if they would have used sebastian stan with the voiceover from mark hamill it would have been awesome yeah like if if they could have because sebastian's i mean come on we've been through this people we've been through this on social media multiple times sebastian stan clean shaven blonde hair looks exactly like young Mark Hamill. Yeah, he does. And he's already was... he's already working for Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. How hard is it? We don't have to do Maybe they'll do it. The do Rogue you... One Leia thing. We don't yeah. have to do the you know, while I love I think The Last Jedi is honestly my number two Star Wars film. It will be for the rest of my life. Thank you for the art book because I will get it signed by Ryan Johnson one day. I just I'm not a huge fan of the 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 Final Fantasy <laughs> remember that one um CGI uncanny valley shit We're doing great but let's just use real actors yeah, for they, now. Yeah, they'll do it from time to time in a Marvel movie. And they've they've gotten good at it but it still looks goofy. I was saying that Jeff Bridges and Tron Legacy look better than this. And that looks terrible. That's mean. <laughs> That's really mean. But Jesus, here's I've, the never, thing. I've never heard you that mean before. Here's the I'm thing, concerned. though. It didn't matter because it worked. The scene worked, and it, I felt yeah. a rush of emotions, okay. and it was great. Okay, so so Tron Legacy worked. No. Simply. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Say again. What? No, the scene what? at the end of The Mandalorian worked, even though oh, no. it didn't yeah. look great. 
No, it didn't look great, but it did work. Because we wanted to believe, and we believed that's who was standing there. It was the fucking Polar Express moment. (laughs) (laughs) It was was the end of Elf. I believe. Yeah. I I believe in Christmas. I believe in Santa Claus. Oh, my God. It's Luke. And he now has Grogu. So, So yeah. What do you think of Grogu? Grogu seems like a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I love looking at Grogu. It's, it's I, one of my favorite memes is the uh, the Warner Herzog saying, "I want to see the baby." Like it's just like, or you know, just that was my every Friday. I would come home from work and I'd be like, "Oh, there's a new Mandalorian." My favorite thing was him saying Grogu and him going, "Huh?" Like turning his head, like, "Huh?" Like. I think my favorite thing this season was the uh, the blue macaroon puke. Oh, yeah, that was great. But what about him trying to get Grogu to rewire something? He's like, no, no, no. Take that wire, stick it into that wire. And he's just like, huh? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it was cute, but I was flashing back to Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 2. Yeah, me too. So I was like, yeah, I liked it. It was who, cute. Grogu who was wins wonderful. in that battle, Baby Groot or Baby Grogu? Oh, Baby Grogu would kick Groot's ass. <laughs> Groot, Groot would have to be a seedling again. Yeah. And nobody wants that. He would have to be dancing again in that potted plant. And we're like, yeah, eh, we've seen, yeah, we've we're seen done this that. before. Yeah. I mean, James Gunn would have to go into another Suicide Squad movie in order for, <laughs> for, for uh, Groot to grow more. James Gunn would have to pull the, oh, I said something 15 years ago, even though I've evolved as a human being, Disney's going to make a knee-jerk reaction and fire me, so I'll go work for DC. And then, oh, wait, oh, it's fine now? Okay, I'm back with Marvel. Thanks, bye. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, out of breath. Yeah, what the, (laughs) yeah. The the knee-jerk world of, uh, you know, policy and action of, you know, oh, you did something, you know, you did something 10 years ago. You didn't evolve. You apologized and made a really, you know, solid apology. They covered all the bases, but we're Disney. So I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to take some time off. Meanwhile, I go to Disney World for my 40th birthday. Yeah, I saw that. Go to Galaxy's Edge, which is beautiful. I've never thought I would be walking through a world of Star Wars and paying $8 for blue milk and green milk, um, which are fucking terrible. Oh. Um, And, yeah, really bad. Just awful. And they're frozen. So it's a frozen drink that gives you brain freeze. And... I mean, just the world itself is wonderful. Never go on Smuggler's Run with somebody that doesn't know how to play a video game because your experience will be ruined. Uh, Only ever get the pilot position because that's who controls the the game. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, Mike and I went back on it multiple times just to get the pilot. In fact, whenever you get up with the card, like you have a card that says engineer, which is just pressing a button at the right moment. uh, We're like... We are like, just give us the pilot cards, please. And we literally just told them, no, we know how this works. Give us the pilot card. Uh, and they did it? Yeah. Oh, no, they knew. They knew. Uh, and then um, still, the best Star Wars ride isn't even in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah? It's, it, 
It's in it's in Hollywood Studios. It's the Star the Star Tours, the old oh. Star Tours. It's brilliant. It's I wrote it like fifteen times, and it's different every time. Did you make a lightsaber? I did. Ah, uh, that's what I want to do. That was not worth two hundred dollars. Are the ones you can buy in a store better made? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, I still have it in my closet. Sure. Um, it was fun. The, the building it's, I mean, it's Disney. So, you know, it, there's a lot of really cool things and they do it well, but also what I was going back to with the Disney problematic quality is like, they're going to fire James Gunn. But also when you walk through Disney, I have never seen so many freaking references to Song of the South in my life. <laughs> I forgot about Song of the South. Yeah, it's not even and available. Then went, and then I went to Disney World. They're not shying away from that. Well, they are on Disney Plus, though, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they are. But also, like, just like the the old problematic, like, the, the park is very, like, bubbled compared to the media conglomeration that is Disney. I think that's the thing I was most shocked by was how much like problematic shit was actually in the park as what's opposed a, to presented to the masses. What's a famous song from song of the South? Uh, zippity doodah on that or yes. Zippity doodah is the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the song. And I mean, Song of the South is still up everywhere, but I mean, it's not just Song of the South. There's a lot of other things in the park where I was just like, really? Like the World War II stuff. And, but it's just, you know, they, they celebrate the history of the park. Uh, but also I was just like, really? Like, and plus nobody wants to walk 15 miles a day. <laughs> nobody was wants it, to do that. I certainly going, don't though? want to do that ever again. Do you feel like it was worth it going? Absolutely. I don't know if I would go back, but it was worth it. Did you like make a budget and went way over it immediately? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah, I happen. went like $1,200 over budget. Oh my God. Everything is, it's $8 for a bottle of water and it was 98 degrees and a hundred percent humidity in Florida. Wow. It was, it was like, I felt trapped. Yeah. It's like, you will spend this money or you will die. What about the and, cantina? That was pretty cool. The cantina was so cool. It was really cool. It's like cool, but you know you're going to be in debt forever after going kind of a thing. The cantina really wasn't that bad. Luckily, we were able to get in very easily because Mike's wife, uh, my friend Erica, is incredibly insistent. It's not that they know people. But she's just the most insistent human being on the face of the earth. So she got us into the cantina, even though it was limited access, still packed. When I think about it now, I probably contracted COVID back then. Wow. Uh, there was just, there was so many people. Isn't there. it amazing thinking back to times? I've thought about that, like times you're shoulder to shoulder with people and you're like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get back from that. But so Mike and I get in. And Mike doesn't drink, so Mike's like, well, give me this, this, and this. Like the, you know, the virgin jello shot with, you know, uh, bantha eggs and everything's themed. 
and I was like, okay, uh, you know, Paul Rubens is doing the voice of the DJ. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm into this. This is cool. The I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Even the bar itself, like, it's dispensing liquid from things that actually look like the things from an actual cantina. This is awesome. Give me all your alcoholic drinks so that I can experience this even better. So we're doing it. And I'm drinking and I'm getting tipsy. And they let this other group in. And this group happens to have a kid. Okay. Um, and you don't bring kids. Listen to me. You don't bring kids into a bar. <laughs> they should a be. <laughs> they kids. Kids are like droids. We don't like those kind here. Hey, we don't serve their kind. Yeah, we don't. We don't serve. <laughs> we don't serve their kind. Uh, and this little shit immediately dips their finger into my friend Mike's jello thing. What? Yeah. And this kid like jumps up because we're standing at like a standing table. And this kid looks at it and it's cool looking. I'll give him that. It's cool looking stuff. It's very star Warsy. You know, I, if I was their age, I'd probably want to stick my finger in it too. But you don't do that to other people's shit. And this kid jumps up and plunges their dirty, germ-covered finger <laughs> into this Gross. jello dessert. Did his parents pay for a new drink? No, but the, the, the bar paid for a new dessert. Oh, that's good. And the parents were very ashamed and very apologetic, said nothing to the kid. And I was like, that's why it continues. <laughs> that's a little future Kylo Ren there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't understand the darkness that's bubbling up inside them. <laughs> it scares them. But yeah, that was it. Was cool. It was fun. Disney World's great. It's really not for me. I'm convinced I'd want to go, but I know I'd be so tired. Yeah, I mean, I walked 15 miles a day for four days. I like in in 98 degree weather with 100% humidity. I was like, if I was to plan to do it, like say a year, maybe it would be like, I'm going to run a marathon. I need to get in shape for that trip and uh, like hike 15 miles a day for a year. And then by the time I go, I'm like, Hey, this is nothing. I don't know. It's still a lot. Yeah, I bet. The worst part is waiting in lines and being around other people. Ah, that's the key. If you have a little extra money, you get the uh, the pass. You get the <laughs> pass walk. those losers, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Mike, and, Mike has been to every Disney park in the world. Uh, and him and Erica go every year, or did. Uh, so they have a system down. There's an app, this Disney app, where you connect your pass to it, the Fast Pass. And you can pick, depending on your level, like he's a platinum member. So you can pick two rides to sign up for on your fast pass and schedule them ahead of time. Yeah. So the, so the moment we scanned our fast pass at, uh, you know, the tower of terror, he would bring up his phone and sign us up for the next closest ride with the longest wait. 
So he's so, like, he knows how to do this. Yeah, and that's the key to Disney World or Disneyland. Did you do is the- going with somebody that knows how it works because otherwise it's exhausting. Did you do the Haunted Mansion? Yes. Did you enjoy that? No. No? Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Star Wars stuff, right? Well, you know, I you know what my favorite ride was? And this is this is a this is a a mind screwer. It was the Aerosmith ride? What? In Hollywood Studios, there's an Aerosmith ride. What is it called? Uh, the Aerosmith ride? <laughs> it's hysterical. Love in an elevator? Because, uh, no. Speaking of elevators, always make sure your 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 seat buckle is in a firm and locked position before you get on the Tower of Terror. Because when you're a fat man and you buckle that thing, you don't realize that when you pull it, a l- there's a, some slack. And uh, that slack can be up to three feet. And uh, when the ride drops you for the first time, you nearly fly out of the actual ride itself. Wow. And that happened to me. That sounds scary. <laughs> It was horrifying. <laughs> I was so scared that I never went back on it because I was scared that I would pull the seatbelt too far and fly out of my seat again. Hey everyone, it's me, the TRS-80 again, and it's time to take a break. Stay tuned to find out why Will says this. Listen, when you're in- exceedingly tired and depressed, the YouTube K-hole is serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that I'm- up. We'll be right back after these messages. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. You're a craft beer junkie. Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with brewers, behind the scenes access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. 
Let me introduce you to Chinstro Crumpunta. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. And we're back, Mortar Forkers, with episode two of Shoot the Glass. Enjoy. Do you like, think you'll th- ever get to go to Disney again? I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't at this point. It's not worth it. Even, you know, maybe in like four years time. But I mean, the only. Oh, okay. So, okay. Rides I loved. The Aerosmith ride. Let me look at that up. Aerosmith ride. uh, It can't be called that. It's got to have a better name than that. (laughs) The Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. There you go. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was delightful. Uh, and then um, the Avatar ride. Oh. Uh, there's an Avatar ride in the uh, Animal Kingdom that is um, – it's not VR, but it is 3D. And you, like, lock yourself into this gadget that simulates the the bird thing. Yeah. Uh, talk mock chalk. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, I have no memory of that. Yeah. What it's called. And it, um, you actually feel like you're flying it. Like it was exhilarating. Oh, wow. It was, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Really? Yeah. It That's was, good. uh, I think it's called like avatar, like flight of passage. You know what? They need to have like a Mando jetpack ride. Yeah. Okay. So here, like, go on like, um, like YouTube, and look up Avatar: Flight of Passage on ride or whatever, and it like it's the ride. But to imagine this thing in like a full encompassing, full sensory experience, there was cell, smell, there was like water, there was air, there was all that stuff. It blew my mind. It looks gorgeous. You know what they need to do is they need to open a Disney just near where I live, so I could just yeah. Go I mean, like that's every weekend or something. <laughs> that's honestly that's the key. Um, it was a fun experience. Uh, it, way too much work. Um, you went before the Rise of the Resistance ride too, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't get to try that, but I did go to a ride that's very similar to the Rise of the Resistance, except it's. Toy Story. <laughs> ah. Is that you a know, good thing or a bad thing? It's fine. It's just you shoot shit. You're in a you're in a car with a bunch of other people and you shoot shit. You know, it's uh, you there's only stuff. so much you can do. Did you see they replaced uh Tim Allen with uh Chris Evans as Buzz? I, thank God. <laughs> I was going to say, we forgot to say, you know, the Boba Fett thing in The Mandalorian, 
for years, Bill, you've told me in the expanded universe that Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit, right? Yeah. Is it because the Sarlacc couldn't digest Beskar? Uh, something along those lines, yeah. Uh, and also, he had a jetpack. So, uh, have you heard you know, this it, kind of retcon or whatever? The reason Boba Fett is inept in Return of the Jedi is because he'd done his job, he'd gotten paid, he was celebrating, he didn't need to be there, he was drunk off his ass. And that's I why. Would, I, I, sure. Does that work for you? I, no, but I, <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, listen, we're all going to come up with our own scenarios. I think the easiest, you know, let's let's delve into a little, you know, Carl Sagan contact territory with Occam's razor. The easiest, you know, explanation is the most correct. So it just shit happens. It was a bad day. He ended up in the belly of a Sarlacc. Yeah. You know, and that's something I, I don't know if I ever sent you that video clip, but there's in one of the gift shops in Galaxy's Edge, they actually have a display of what the size of an actual Sarlacc is. Oh, whoa. Like how deep it goes underground. You know, there's going to be a Sarlacc somewhere in Mando soon. Like, oh, there has to be. Or in the Boba series. But yeah, that but I, was, I remember seeing it and just being like, holy shit. You know, it's it's basically just a mouth, and then it's a being that's like you know it's, as tall as you know one world trade underground. It's so gross. Yeah. So I was the denizens of whatever planet just carpet bomb the thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Let's just you know like 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 weirdos here in the you know in 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 this universe do. Uh, they pour you know molten aluminum into ant hills so that they can you know hang a chandelier of a ant colony people do just, that oh yeah that listen when you're in, exceedingly tired and depressed the youtube k-hole is serious <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna look that I, up i will stay up some nights after work until two in the morning just looking at people pour molten aluminum into ant hills That's crazy. and then dig it out of the ground like, that's, that's a thing. So why not do that to a Sarlacc pit? Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, let's just, I mean, come on. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, listen, Boba Fett, uh, he's Boba Fett. I mean, honestly, he's a clone. He's not in action. You know, he's he's a clone. He's he's a dummy. He's a clone and of his dad. Yeah, he's a clone of his dad. He's never going to be able to live that down because he's too misogynistic. I, he's too, he's got a lot of like, father loss issues. I love uh, that scene with Bo-Katan where she basically tells him what's up. Yeah. Where she oh, says, shit, I've, yeah. I've heard your voice a thousand times. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. And there was such a great way to kind of like, like retcon the, uh, the prequels. Yeah. I do love the knee darts. I wish I had knee darts. <laughs> and the, the backpack <laughs> missile was pretty sweet. We got to see that twice in the season. Yeah, that was, I mean, we'd always wanted to see it. I mean, the Kenner toys, it was really disappointing. Yeah, the action figure. And did you love, I mean, I know it was in the first season, they brought in the Stormtrooper transport toy where they stand in the little 
sections. Yes. That was so hilarious. I, you know, I, I am so thankful uh, for what they've been able to give us so far. Disney, I mean, honestly, a Disney scares me. Yeah, it does scare me because they're evil. And uh, they have things you love and they own them. I mean, so far it's been okay, but I'm just kind of waiting for the, the switch over. Do you You remember the the name of our guild when we started the old Republic game? The old Republic game. Yeah. The, the one by Bioware, it was their new MMO. I can't remember it at all. It was star Wars, the old Republic. Yeah. I mean, no, I remember the game. I remember starting on the, the, the planet, the, a typhoid Mary planet. Well, you and I created a guild to go co- because when we played Star Wars Galaxies, we were the Antarian Rangers. So what we were we before the Antarian Rangers, though? The eight home theater forum. <laughs> <laughs> but when we joined, when we started up on the, the Star Wars: The Old Republic, we called our guild Rangers of the Old Republic. No. And when I saw they created a show, a new show that's coming out called Rangers of the New Republic, I've something broke in my brain. <laughs> I think you need to get paid for that. It freaked me out. I think yeah. I would like Dave Filoni's like, I got you guys. You know what's funny is um I think we should demand a Star Wars series. I think so. You know what happens when you demand a Star Wars series? You end up with something called Star Wars Detours that never gets to see the light of day. (laughs) Yeah. Which is hilarious, just to call back to the George Lucas talk show, which more people should really be watching, even just the standalone shows. It's not the UCB stage show, which was amazing. It's an entirely different incarnation Still amazing. Um, Connor Ratliff, Patrick Kortnar, and uh, Griffin Newman are doing a great job um, online. But people should should give that a watch just to get an idea of uh, what's going on. But just the 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 whole idea of the way that that stuff works is kind of called into play. The entire shows, huh? Like it just like you know because he plays. Uh, like Connor Ratliff does, he's retired filmmaker, George Lucas. <laughs> so <laughs> during, so people like one of the old things that they would do at the show was people would bring original copies, like the CBS Fox copies of star Wars on VHS, the theatrical cuts, uh-huh. they would bring them and he would destroy them on stage because they were unfinished. Oh my god! <laughs> Did they know he was going to do that? Oh yeah, it was just yeah. Part that of the was, bit that was that was a thing. In fact, this most recent um, marathon that they did for Feeding America, he did it again. Like he just like takes the VHS tape and just starts like destroying it. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So it's. It's it's kind of cool the way that that stuff works. I, I that reminds me a lot of like something that I I would never be able to do, but 
something that I would think that we would do in the realm of uh, Star Wars. But yeah, I, I think you should get paid for Star Wars um, uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Me too. I think you need to submit a, uh, is there a, a grievance <laughs> form on, on the uh, Disney Plus site? There's, I'm going to look for it. But did you okay. see that uh, the guy who wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye? Shit, who was that guy? God, why am I blanking on his name? I know his name. Uh, I yeah. Could, I could usually pull this right from my memory. Well, it just shows how out of out of uh, sorts we are. We haven't been doing this every week for the past three years. Alan so. Dean Foster. Shit, didn't he write? He wrote the um, the adaptation for The Abyss too, right? Or something that like that. That was Orson Scott Card, but oh, Alan shit. Dean Foster. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Dean Foster wrote the novelization for Star Wars. He wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye. He wrote okay. The Force Awakens even. No. He wrote Was that novelization. He says since Disney has bought Star Wars, he has not received any royalties. And he's trying to get his money and they have not paid him. It's bullshit. Wow. Pay Alan Dean Foster, you guys have plenty of money. I think um I think Entertainment Landfill should uh Tag the George Lucas talk show on Twitter and, and request that the Alan Dean Foster, they need to have Alan Dean Foster on his show. Yeah. I think, I think that would, I think that would be brilliant. That's so appropriate. This guy has written a lot of books. That's amazing. That's so sad. He's written a ton of Star Trek books too. Really? So I mean he's not a um he's not an either or sort of person. No, he also wrote the novelizations for Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Covenant and Alien Covenant Origins. He did Oh, he wrote the the the, the thing for Crawl. Terminator Salvation, Dark Star, oh. The Black Hole, Clash of the Titans, Outland, The Thing, The Last Starfighter, Starman. Wow. I don't know. There's a novelization Eight? to Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> Holy shit! Why would anybody read that? I don't know, but... <laughs> Listen, I love Riddick. I love me some Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick! Bill, I miss you, and I miss doing <laughs> I miss you too, my friend. I love you dearly. It's been great uh, talking to you. You too. I, You know, it's just... I think when um, priorities get mixed up, uh, and life gets in the way, especially this. I mean, I never, I never honestly thought I would experience the amount of things that I've experienced in the past, you know, three or four years. Yeah. In total. Like, I think it's a lot for somebody that was isolated for so long. Uh, those years that I spent, uh, just, you know, basically alone in a room uh, for 20 plus years taking care of my dad and then finding the home theater for him and then finding one of my dearest friendships in the world and through Star Wars Galaxies of all things and then just kind of fostering that for so long that, you know, no matter how 
separate we are or how far apart we are or how much bullshit is going on in the world. I mean, there's always going to be this intrinsic deep link between us. Yeah. And I, I will, I will forever be thankful and of that, but also, you know, it's, I, I think part of my issue is just kind of processing so much newness, you know, it just, most people got to experience their teens and twenties and thirties. And, you know, I gave so much to my dad, uh, in the service of, you know, being a good son, but then, you know, finding the escape that I so desperately needed in our friendship and our, our world and creating something and being proud of it and taking part of it and fostering a community around it was so special. And when you get slingshotted into so much newness of, you know, your first real job in, in, you know, the, one of the biggest cities in the world and, you know, your first true relationship and your first true everything that, you know, the, the things that matter most to you kind of fall to the wayside in a way. And although they're always still there and I always still think of you and I always still think of the most amazing things that we've accomplished and, and been able to kind of put out in the world and the community that we've worldwide that we've been able to foster and, and, and love and just cherish. Uh, I think of it every day and I think, you know, whenever I see something super geeky and I reach out to you on messenger and I'm like, Hey, or when you reach out to me and it takes me three days to reply because I'm fucking exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it's still there. And the fact that we can hop on, and just have a, a two or three hour conversation about shit that just has been floating around in our head yeah. shows it, it proves to me that what we had and what what was great about what we actually released into the world was is still there. And it, yeah. it kind of like gives me a certain uh, uh, excited quality to want to continue to do it. Because it's something that I certainly need because I shut down during the week. It's it's a lot. I never yeah. thought that, you know, I went into a job where I'm essentially doing the same thing that I did for my dad for 20 years. Talk about fucking trauma bonding Yeah, uh, with something, you know. And now it's like, you know, I finished my bachelor's degree. I'm going to go on to my master's degree. And I want to create a new reality in things for myself. But right now it's just kind of like managing and doing what probably doesn't really serve me, but it's something that, you know, there's a certain level of it that I really love and I will continue to do in different incarnations, but also kind of learning that I have to separate myself from, from certain uh, all encompassing sidetracks and kind of reconcentrate on what was actually feeds me and gives me joy. So this is this has been God is this I can honestly say that this has helped me tremendously just to sit down and talk to you. It felt like it feels like a therapy session. Yeah, for me, too. It's been great. I wanted to talk to you so badly about things, even if it's just dumb things, you know, some things are the best things. I see things all the time. I'm like, ah, Bill would love that. 
I wonder where um does fark.com still exist? I haven't checked that for years. <laughs> no. <laughs> it? Oh my god, it does. Awesome. Way to keep on keeping on there, Fark. You know what I wanted to ask you seriously is I know that people call you Will in New yeah. York or your friends that do. Should I be calling you Will? I don't know. Is it the kind of thing where you prefer that? You know what? Um, I think I went into Will because somebody started calling me Will at whenever he got my first job on the Upper West Side. And I was like, you know what? That feels right because it doesn't feel what I used to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say yes. Start calling me Will because uh, Bill and Billy – is something that, you know, anymore, it really, it delivers a certain sense of discomfort. You know, it's like, I I, sometimes it's been a number of years since I've experienced it, but I used to have moments where I heard my dad calling my name, just going, boo. Yeah. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night hearing it after he had passed. So it was like I didn't I didn't want to hear it anymore. And although now I'm at a stage in my life where I'm okay with it, I don't think it's who I am anymore. Yeah, that's that's what I you know that's what I wanted to know. Like maybe And thank you so much for asking that. Because honestly, if you hadn't asked it, I probably would have just let it go. Yeah. Because I hadn't really thought about it. Names are important and what people want to be called is important. They really are. And that's, that's, yeah. You wouldn't think that something like a name would, would carry so much weight to the way our, our minds operate. Yeah. But it really is such a crucial moment in our ability to operate within this world. You know, if we are not who we think we are and somebody's calling us by something that we aren't anymore, it's victimizing, it's traumatizing, it's yeah. not it's not good. And it was so often it, we're we're the sort of person that would just be like oh, it's okay, it's fine, you know. Yeah. And it, and at times it's it's just not. But we just want we're so afraid of what other people might think. Yeah. Like, oh, uh. and it's yeah. like, no, it's okay to state that. No, I'm not that I'm not Bill anymore. I'm Will. Right. And I say, screw it. What makes you feel the best? What makes you feel right? Let other people know. And, uh, thank I'm gl- you. I'm glad I asked too. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, uh, this has been a really shitty year. Like yeah. an epically shitty year. Epically. You know, I, and I when I talk about it, I start to get emotional. I apologize up front if I get a little teary and break up. But no one, no, no society, no people should have to experience this month, this much sorrow and this much separation and this much death. Yeah. And, you know, it's really my hope that although society at large, you know, in my 
very Nietzsche-esque quality know that we will not learn from this, that this will continue, that, you know, in you know, 50 years time, there will be another virus that does this to us again. Uh, yeah, let's not worry about that right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I get, yeah, yeah. Um, it gets very heavy for me to, you know, think that, you know, whenever, whenever I have to go into work every day and, you know, not see the same people that I saw for the past two years, um, it's like no one we shouldn't have to ever experience this ever again and i get very angry at it and i get very angry at uh just the way we think as human beings and it makes me very sad and very dark and insular and i pull away like my weekends are the worst times for me so the fact that you messaged me and said hey i got some time and I fostered up the courage to say, yes, let's do it. Uh, I thank you for giving me that opportunity. I am so glad you did. Not to end this on a heavy note. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's great. Thank you so much, Bill. I will. Thank it's all so right. <laughs> It'll take some practice. Absolutely. It always does. And that's what in, in, the, in the moment you recognize it. It makes it fine. It is what it is. That's it for part two of Shoot the Glass. Tune into part three to hear the answer to the question. I love talking to you. Do you miss Steven? All of that and more in Shoot the Glass part three. Shoot the Glass. Now this is podcasting. Casting.